Good morning, Metroplex. It's Sean, RJ, and Bobby here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers with pitchers and catchers reporting yesterday. Jared Sandler, of course, was on. If you're new to the show, if you're new to the station, we're your home for both and another Creed ticket giveaway at some point in time this hour. Yesterday, Mike Zimmer had the press conference to introduce him as the Cowboys' new defensive coordinator. He talked about being technique-oriented, disciplined, and fundamental. Him and Mike McCarthy were praising each other back and forth, and Zim was asked, Dan Orlovsky had brought up a question of, you know, how how are really good man-to-man corners going to work in more of a zone system with Zimmer? Bobby kind of dispelled that as a little bit of a myth with Mike's system. Here's Zim talking about working with Trayvon and Deron Bland. Yeah, well, I'm always excited to coach with, with good players and and uh, good defensive backs. You know, this kind of was my, as you said, my baby coming up. You know, I, I love the technical aspect of that position. Um, I know you guys that were here 18 years ago. When I was, you probably saw some some of that stuff when I was here. But uh, you know, footwork, technique, uh, hand placement, um, you know, getting out of the break, shoulder shoulder level, you know, all those things. And so, um, you know, those two guys. Obviously, I've never worked with them, so I don't know. I've only seen them on tape. But um, you know, hopefully, uh, we can continue to get continue to get them better. I know, you know, obviously, I've, I've watched some of those guys on tape. Good stuff, and he's got such a great history of taking defensive backs and leveling them up, making them into legitimate players. That's why Terrence Newman followed him everywhere he went throughout his career. It's all right, where's Mike Zimmer? That's where I'm going to be. That's why Deion Sanders respects him the way he does. That's why guys like Darren Woodson have that respect. Roy Williams, who he he cobbled together. Man, after his time in Dallas, people thought he was going to be out of the league. He turned him into a respectable player again in Cincinnati. So playing with those players like Diggs, Bland, getting the most out of them, I'm excited to see it, not just in the secondary, but on the entire defensive side of the ball. I think to really embrace him as a player, you've got to be one of these, like, um, student of the game type guys, you know? Like, you can't just get by on talent. You've got to be, like, just this high football IQ type DB. Newman was like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Dion was like that. Um, Sherman, you know, in a different spot. Revis, they were all, like, these super smart students of the game, and you know, you'll see, you'll you'll weed that out real quick here. And say, who what is you, and who isn't. say what you told him during the audio. Oh, that sounds exactly like Goose Goslin, by the way. It Re- does. That, that sounds, yes. I, I didn't realize how much Mike Zimmer sounds like Rick Goslin until when we were playing the clip. I'm like, that's not Zimmer, yeah. that's Goose. He sounds just like a guy who can't get Darren Woodson in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Stop it. Rick is a legend. Rick is awesome. Play, Stop a, that. play a little bit of it. There. Yeah, well, I'm always excited to coach with, with good players and, hey, yeah. and uh, good defense. That's Goose, that's Goose, Goose man. <laughs> by the way, I love this from Brandon Laurie. If you're wondering about the discipline Zimmer will bring to the Cowboys, look no further than where Minnesota ranked in total team penalties each season he was the head coach. Okay, so 32 is the least penalized. One, you're the most penalized. In order, from 2014 on, These were this is where Minnesota ranked in terms of penalties. 24, 32, 23, 19, 31, 26, 27, and 11. Out of the eight years he was there, they were in the bottom half of the league in seven of those seasons. I absolutely love that homework right there from Brandon Laurie from Blogging the Boys. Yeah, that's a that is a a trait of his that I mean he really seemed to drive home yesterday was the idea of like discipline matters and 
And look, he uh, the quote I liked from him was he's like, I think great players want to be coached. I think great players want it. I think great players want the discipline. And that's something that you're going to be able to, as Choppy just said, like you're going to be able to winnow this out pretty quick. The, the guys that aren't going to be able to cut it, they won't be able to cut it, and you'll know it pretty fast. And Mike Zimmer's already getting denied by the New York Giants. Yep, and this one uh, this one was a little disappointing because I know that the Cowboys would have liked this reunion. Uh, the Giants denied permission to interview Andre Patterson, who was the defensive line coach under Zimmer here for a couple of years in Dallas. Uh, he was the defensive line coach in Minnesota for several years, so Dallas had asked about a lateral move, and the Giants said, uh-uh, not going to let you happen. And this is after, obviously, they lose Adam Dirty to the Seattle Seahawks. Sean, while you were out yesterday, we find out the assistant defensive line coach, Sharif Floyd, joins Dan Quinn in Washington. They let him make a lateral move, which, you know, with all the the blocking they've done, that must that sounds a little bit like, okay, maybe Sharif Floyd and Mike Zimmer didn't have the best relationship in Minnesota when it was player coach if uh, if he yeah. pieced out immediately. Fantex said that he had said some – one of the parties – they didn't mention one of the parties said some things about the other. So some um, some so. negative talk. So now they are without any defensive line coaches. They're going to have to. That's why he's getting buzzed on his Apple Watch and everything else. He's going to have to figure things out. But Andre Patterson is out. One name that I'd be interested in looking at, seeing if it would be there. There's one coach, defensive line coach, who's coached under both McCarthy and coached under um, Zimmer. And that was Jay Hughes did it in Cincinnati, was his defensive line coach for several years, and then did it in Green Bay in 2018 with McCarthy. And that did- was and he's without a job right now. And Dan Quinn adding another name that you really like. Yep, he hires Anthony Lynn away from the 49ers, who had done a lot of really great things with the run game in San Francisco. He's been in that system, learned some of the Shanahan concepts. He gets a lot of credit, I mean, for everything that fell apart with the Chargers. He got a lot of credit for helping to oversee and and foster Justin Herbert as a rookie who stepped in and, and had a lot of success. Um, so I think Anthony Lynn is a great hire. If you're telling me that, the Cliff Kingsbury passing game and the 49ers running game is coming to Washington with Dan Quinn coaching the defense that if you start fixing personnel, I think you've got a really intriguing setup over there in Washington. One dead 22 shot at the Kansas city chiefs championship parade. Uh, Two people reportedly opened fire. Both of them apprehended one of them tackled by two civilians um, and just, Tragedy striking the end of Kansas City's celebration with the local DJ losing her life and a bunch of kids. Yeah, the kids were shot as well. Although early reports have them expected to survive. Yeah, so all the reports we've seen say that they'll make a full recovery. The the, the children and I've seen nine. I've also seen twelve in terms of the number that's out there in terms of the amount of kids. There are a lot of kids out there in general. Kids, you know, and going to a Super Bowl party or uh, parades. Um, it's, it's a great day. I take kids out of school. I went to parade to take the kids out of school, you know, and stuff like that. It's just, it stinks, man. It, it really does. It's, it's, it's so sad. That- how is this going to make people hesitant towards parades? If anything, how is this going to change anything at parades? Can anything be changed at parades? You cannot have metal detectors for hundreds of thousands of people. Right. Are you going to be more hesitant to go out there? A lot of Tolos were remembering going out in Arlington for the Rangers celebration as well. Uh, you just got to hope that someone doesn't lose their mind and try yeah. to become a hope. news story. Hope. Like, that's, I don't know, I don't live on hope. It's, a, it's I, I would I would just, I have no desire to go to parades. I would, at this point in my life, I just want to stay home. Didn't no. you go to the Rangers one? Uh, no, we went, to a, we went to a bar, a restaurant. We were going to go, and we had seen all the stuff about the crowds and uh, inability to get in, and they had already run out of alcohol. 
yeah. by the time our show was over that day. Yeah. No, this is uh, I, I in terms. But of you were hesitant- gonna go. That was more about logistics. Parking was packed. Yeah, I was gonna. We already gonna, crowded. Yeah, we you were, were gonna, gonna go. go. We were gonna go. Um, I I had no desire to go, but I was going with the with the friends group. They wanted to go. I, I think that in terms of hesitancy, we saw because you had like uh, worry about. Yeah, I don't. Like, yeah, I mean, I just like Sorry, at this Bob, point. Uh, yeah, no, no. At this point, I'm just like these kind of crowds. I'm just out on man. Like that's it's not worth it. Nothing, I, nothing that could go on there is worth me getting or somebody I'm with getting shot over. It's just not worth it. I, I mean, we saw in the immediate aftermath, and and honestly, probably the year after like the Aurora shooting in Colorado years ago at the movie theater. Like that impacted people wanting to go to the movies, yeah. feeling comfortable going to movie theaters, everything else. This will probably have a, a short-term impact, I would guess, as, as these sorts of situations do, and then people a lot of times seem to just move on, and it's it's... It's disappointing. It's sad. Like, I, I wrote in the prep email last night, nothing feels appropriate or sufficient to say whenever anything like this happens. It's just, it's like, well, this is, you feel bad and you feel awful and you say something's got to be done or whatever else. And then what happens is that it's like, well, what? What is it? Yeah. And 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 you ultimately just. The whole cycle thing that goes around the internet. It never stops. Yeah. yeah. It's just this endless cycle. Thoughts of prayers again. Yeah. Thoughts of prayers again. And look, I mean, and I'm, that, what, me in my position, like, where I'm sitting, where you're sitting, where Chop's sitting, like, what is what is there that we can say about it that is comforting or sufficient or whatever? So it just it feels like it doesn't, there's not a lot you can say other than just, like, this is awful and it makes me feel sick. So yesterday uh, I was starting off with news stations, and then I went to NFL Live on ESPN, and I kind of dozed off, but then I woke back up, and I felt like they were already running out of gas, right? Like, Adam Schefter, Marcus Spears, and Lewis Riddick did not go on that show prepared to talk about a mass shooting at the championship parade. And I just felt like the executives at ESPN were like, okay, let's get them off of TV because Lewis Riddick was really, he was trying to be emotional and all that stuff, but you could tell he was struggling a little bit, in my opinion. So they switched on, on over to the local Kansas City news station, and I felt like that coverage was on for like a good 30, 40 minutes until they went back to their NFL people, NFL Live people at the very end. So, again, it's like, how much are you going to say? Let's just turn it over to the local news station. That was what NFL Live was. It's like KCMB or KMBC something in Kansas City. It reminded me a lot of the immediate aftermath coverage when the DeMar Hamlin thing happened, where guys were sitting on TV and they're like, what do we say? Like, we're, 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 we're devastated, but, like, what do you say about this? How much can you update? It felt like they were, and ESPN, to their credit, has done this a couple different times now where they've gone, let's get people off the, the TV. This probably is not anything that makes anyone comfortable. Let's just go straight news here and cut away. Uh, Travis Kelsey, little Super Bowl fallout, went on the New Heights pod with his brother and said what he did to Andy Reid with the sideline bump was not cool. The broadcast showed you having a heated exchange with Coach Reed. <laughs> so heated. People are all over this. I mean, I get it. You cross the line. I think we can both agree on that. I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping Coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. I mean, let's be honest. The, the yelling in his face, too, is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm, I'm out there with him, man. He ain't calling it quits. Come on now. He's not. I immediately wish I would have took a back. Coach Reed actually came right up to me after that, and he just let him know, hey, man, I love your passion. I got cameras on me all over the place, man. He's letting you know not not to be like that. Just fired me up even more to go out there and get it. 
victory for him, man. Big Red, sorry if I uh, caught you with that cheap shot, baby. But damn, I love winning with you. You got to have your head on a swivel because next time he gets fired up at you, he's coming hot at you. You know that. Oh, yeah, I deserve it. If he would have cold cocked me in the face right there, I would have just ate it and just been like, yeah, let's f-ing go. <laughs> Yo, he, uh, Jason looks like he agrees with what you said that th- this only happens because they're so close. Yeah. Um, now, like everybody involved knows it can't happen, and Travis knows. And Travis, if he told Travis to take a seat, you know, they're, I mean, no one's complaining, but no one's going to say wrong move. Well, it's Chiefs like, fans when they lose the Super Bowl, Chiefs fans <laughs> might, but even still, there's a, there's a segment of it. Yeah, it's right. You don't talk. To, you don't talk to your boss that way. You don't do that to your boss. Um, but NFL Films is not releasing the audio of this. Yeah, they're so, not. Yeah, they never do. This is from. Um, you know, the reports that say that uh, they have they have the audio, uh, but they are going to cut it. It's been cut by inside the NFL. That audio will not be let out. And that is like, okay, I see I see two sides here. One, like I see the sides of like what 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 is said on the field isn't really meant for me. Like, there's different rules. It's not society, like, what's said on the field. There are things that are said on the field that if if that got out, like, holy cow, all those players are canceled. Yeah. Like, every single one of them. But the other side of like it is. 49ers offensive lineman with Jalen Carter, apparently. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, the other side of it, though, is by you admitting that you have it and then not releasing it, it tells you that you're trying to cover something. Like, he said something that was really bad. They're protected. They're protected them. And that's like, okay. Not just like, put me in the effing game. What yeah. the F are you doing? Don't if, ever take me out. If that's all it was, there's no reason not to let right. it out. If all he said was put me you know, put me in the game, blah, blah, blah. If he said something that was like, okay, that's really offensive. Yeah. And the NFL says, okay, we need to protect him from this. That's That's the only reason I would see them not letting this out. Are the Texas Rangers satisfied with one and done? That's the worry. That's the worry here on the home of the World Series champs. The general manager, Chris Young, addressed it as pitchers and catchers reported. Are the Rangers cool with one and done? We'll talk about it in the Commercial Free Expressway with a Creed ticket giveaway next. This is the Expressway. In case you are new to the show in the station, we are commercial free for the next 35 minutes. And we have a Creed ticket giveaway. I feel like Jared Sandler. Nam, nam, nam. He just, he, he reinvigorated Creed by putting out the Texas Rangers story, blowing it up. He should be getting some residuals. He should be getting some commission. They had a Super Bowl commercial. And now we have a Creed ticket giveaway to hook you up with here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby at some point in time when Pepe hits the button. He got an entire slide in our PowerPoint presentation at our meeting yesterday. Well, Sandler? Yeah, the tweet. His yeah. tweet about Creed was an entire slide. Is like, check this out. We're we're making waves, people. And so was Sandler, Sandler there at the meeting? No, Sandler doesn't show up for anything. So no, he uh holy he, he smoke. holy, holy smokes. Smoke. So so his, <laughs> that that was part that was part of our uh our year in review in, in the PowerPoint presentation yesterday it was like Jared Sandler crushing it reviving the band Creed after 23 years or whatever. Wow. So. That would be perfect for Spittle to be given Jared credit. He's not even mm. there. Worked out perfect. <laughs> not to make his head bigger. All right. Expressway on your home of the Rangers. Sandler was on yesterday. Pitchers and catchers reporting. And Chris Young, Rangers general manager, was asked, you guys cool? Resting on your laurels after the first title? One and done? And CY admitted that the TV deal is an issue. Uh, you know, we have to be fiscally responsible. There is a financial responsibility there, and they're going to open up the season. 
with Evaldi, Heaney, Gray, Dunning, and the fifth spot is open. Max Scherzer could come back in June. Tyler, is it Male? Male? What do we decide? Male. Male is possibly coming back in July. And then Jacob deGrom started throwing Monday, could return by August. But there's Chris Young saying, no, we're not trying to just go ahead and not contend, but our payroll is going to be the highest in team history. Is Jordan Montgomery just not going to get signed by anybody? So I I think there's an opportunity here. Um, Like it feels like Jordan is waiting for us to get a direct deposit. Yeah. He's waiting. He's waiting for any team to offer him the amount of money he wants. Yeah, but yes, this team especially. Uh, Look, I I, I think there's an opportunity here for um, any of these teams, Rangers especially, who don't, because there's an uncertainty beyond this year with the TV deal, you know, they may not want to enter into a long-term contract. I think there's a real good chance you can get, at this stage of the game, you might be able to get Snell Montgomery on one-year deals. We um, saw this a couple years ago, right? Ooh. Minnesota with uh, Correa. Ooh. Was it late in the game? Mm-hmm. Correa is just like a one-year deal, right? Snell, Correa, and Bauer. So, like, championships. I do think that there's, I, I think we are approaching that date. There's a cutoff day. I think these these players want to get in camps. I think we're approaching that date where you might be able to be like, hey, look, you know, Blake, we ain't going to give you nine for 270, but here's one for 30. You want to come pitch for us? I th- I think you might be close to that date. Ooh. Well, look, I, I mean, Chris Young said, you know, never say never. Uh, he said we'll monitor everything. That's one of the things he was talking about yesterday. But he also kind of poured cold water on the idea of Montgomery coming back in, in that form. Because he did say he was like, look, we'll monitor it. But the reality is we're probably not making any more additions. This is what we have. Because I, I think they're probably looking at it as we've got three studs coming to our rotation by the summer. We just got to get through the summer, man. Like, like get through the first couple months of the season, get by next man up like we had happen so frequently yesterday or last year. And, you know, then we'll we'll roll into it with Scherzer. We'll get Malley. We'll get DeGrom yeah. back. It'll be great. Yeah, I, I think Snell's caught off guard here this year because you, know, you, 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 you had the Dodgers spend a billion dollars, right? They spent a billion dollars on two guys. Um, I think he thought the market was going to be more robust, but, like, one team was out of it. Like, the one of the biggest markets was out of it. I think next year for him, that's why I think you might be able to get him on a one. I think next year from him, you know, the Dodgers may be back into it. If the Dodgers don't win this year, if the Dodgers don't win the World Series this year, like they, their amount of money they would be willing to spend might go up. The Yankees, if they don't make the playoffs this year, their amount of money might go up. Um, there's there's a lot of avenues out there for him to make money. I, I think that he may be better off waiting but, for next year with that, that bag that he wants. But wasn't that the whole idea was that the Dodgers didn't really spend a billion dollars this offseason? Like Otani was taking his deferred payments and like, hey, I'm freeing it up so you can't yeah. go get people. I mean, it's like still that. money on the books, though, right? It's yeah, like, it's still money. They on the owe board. it. They owe it. Eventually. Sure, they owe it. But I mean, the whole idea, like Otani giving him the deal he did, yeah. was like so that you can go sign people like Blake Snell right now. And and well, we they did. They got Yamamoto. No, yeah. no, that's what yeah. I mean. Though is that like I don't know that that like I don't know that LA is going to be open to him. I, Maybe not. Just, he is. There was he was one of the loudest people complaining about how uncomfortable he was with the new pitching rules. And he had success with it in the second half of the season. He did. He had success with it in the second half of the season. Early in the season, he had a lot of struggles. But he was one of the ones who consistently, even through his success, was like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I don't enjoy it. And so I just wonder if there's some sort of view of, like, how, like, long-term sustainability with his discomfort with the new pitch clock rules. Three things that a lot of people say about Snell. You know, strikeout artist, walk-prone, workload concerns. 
But Jordan Montgomery is out there. Is Trevor Bauer going to be picked back up? And where are the Rangers when it comes to some different power rankings? Yeah, real quick on Snell. One more thing on Snell. Two years he's had in 2018 when the Cy Young 1.89. Last year when the Cy Young 2.25. His ERAs in the rest of those years, 338, 4-2, 3-2, 4-3, 4-0-4, 3-5-4. There's some good years in there. And there's some bad. Like, it's like he's had two great years. You know, three pretty solid years, and then three, like, meh. Yeah, his peripherals are pretty good. Yeah, still. they are. They are. But, like, you're not paying $30 million a year for a 4-2-4. Like, you're just not going to do that. Um, but the Rangers and the power rankings, where are they? Um, obviously, sometimes when you win a title, they just automatically, lazily put you at number one the next year. You know, not all, not everybody does that. I don't like doing that. Different teams sometimes. You yeah. catch lightning in a bottle, whatever. The same charity. Right? They, say, they don't. They don't. Not, Suck it for charity. Maybe UNICEF will get into the uh, baseball world someday, but as, as of now, they're not in there, so we're going to go with this. <laughs> the L.A. Dodgers, number one. This I, I, I am I am, this is going to be the most boring regular season for the Dodgers I've, we've ever seen. They won last year, the, the West, by like 15 games. They're going to win 110 games this year. There is, there is no doubt they're going to be in the playoffs unless all these injuries happen, and everything is a disappointment other than the final out in their favor. Uh, Braves, number two. I think the first surprise of the board is at number three. The Houston Astros. Mm. Uh, they also interestingly made Josh Hader their closer. That's not, maybe it's not interesting, but I thought Preston did a really nice job as their closer, so I was a little bit surprised. Why, but, why are you surprised that they're three? Um, I mean, they didn't have a great year last year. But they had a good year. Yeah. They came on at the end. Um... But they didn't have a they didn't have a fantastic. I, I thought Baltimore would be ahead of them. Um, I, I thought the the Rangers had a better year. Like start to finish, the Rangers. I thought even though they didn't win the the West, I thought the Rangers start, start to finish were the better team. Um, you know, I thought maybe Tampa might be ahead of them too. Um, so like yeah, a little surprised, a little surprised to Houston at three. Uh, however, and also like they they mentioned Fromber over his last ten regular season starts, he averaged just over four and two thirds and had an ERA of four three. Uh, and his ERA was nine in the postseason. Is that a good ERA? No, it's not. So. It's bad. At number four, your Texas Rangers. Yay! Is a reunion with Jordan Montgomery inevitable? Don't bet against it. Agent Scott Boris is in good position with the Rangers brass. He directed Seeger and Simeon to Texas and undoubtedly helped in moving Montgomery and Max there as well. Well, he's got a lot of guys tied up here. As the Rangers' RSN situation clears up, they should be able to pounce and set themselves up for a repeat run. Don't forget, Jake DeGrom is waiting in the wings. They're in good position to contend no matter what happens the rest of the spring. Here's my question about what you said about them hoping for all the injured guys. Are they really legitimately believing in it, or do they have no choice but to believe in it? I would feel much better if you told me, look, they're terrified and worried they know they can't put a ton of stock into grom and scherzer oh and, yeah I, like or they just have no choice because the money's tied up and they've already paid the monster deals i, I would at least like to know that you're thinking realistically I, even if you're stuck in the position i think it's slightly over 50 percent that he doesn't even pitch this year at all oh which guy Degrom. okay <laughs> yeah I, I think i think it's i think it's you know i, I think the likelihood is that he might be able to come back in august or september but like is it is it is it worth it? I mean, you know, obviously, yes. If you're going to win a championship, it is worth it. But I, 
second Tommy John man's scary. We we got to remember too this, and, and I I'm sorry if this is that they don't like it. It's off putting to them or whatever else. But this this issue the Rangers have with transparency about some of their injuries, not that they have to be, but it's less about transparency. It's about actively like saying something opposite of what ends up being the reality. They kept telling us DeGrom's fine. Scherzer's fine. Guys are fine. And then they're not. And so it's like, okay, how can I even trust the timeline of Scherzer in June, you know, Mally in July, DeGrom in August? I can't necessarily accept those. And so I think you're right. I think it's more about they have no choice, but I mean, if you hear Sandler, you know, and other people talk about it with, with Montgomery, like, I mean, they, they, could go back into that well potentially if they they wanted to it just it seems like they have reservations that are outside of just money it looks like they are wondering about other things and they're just trying to see long term how much sense does this make for us i don't think holland will mind this i'm gonna try to drag this out so he can frantically text but he was just sending us his take on the pitchers he said i'm i don't think Degrom is going to pitch until at least mid-august Second TJ and so much money invested in him, they're not going to rush him back. Scherzer is more realistic, but he's older, coming back from a back injury. And if I'm not mistaken, going to be interesting uh, to see how his back responds. I hope he comes back dominating. Pay Monty and take the risk on Bauer. In all honesty, DeGraw may not even pitch again this year. Yeah, look, uh, uh, you you do not have to convince me to take a risk on Trevor Bauer. Um, that That is... He is going to be relatively cheap for a guy. Now, he hasn't pitched in the majors in, what, three years almost? Do yep. you think he'll ever pitch in the bigs again? Is this a permanent black ball? I th- I think it's, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I'll say this. Like, someone is going to take a chance on him at some point. If they do, it's going to be, like, out of a desperation. We've got a bunch of injuries in the middle of the season, right? I don't know if someone's going to go into the year with them. The, the only thing is they can take teams in all professional sports. Generally, when you're talented, they can handle off the field heat. They can handle you being a bad locker room culture person. When you're both, that's when they start going like, how much is your talent really worth? And I think that's what hurts Bauer more than anything is the fact Cy that it's, young it's, winner. it's off the field. I know, but, but it's he's off, a jackass. Right, he's a Cy yeah. Young award winner who's not even been brought back into the majors right. despite being cleared. And it's because off the field heat and he's apparently kind of a jackass. And yeah, so, that feels like a month or two run where he can't poison a clubhouse injuries over the top piece. Yeah. Wait, like make him wait till after the all-star break. Absolutely. If, if he comes back at all. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're going to be a team out there that doesn't have, let's just, let's just take Houston for example. Right. Or take take a team that doesn't have a very good farm system, farm system right now. That's wants to compete. All right. They don't have the ammo to go make a trade. Uh, they do have, $5 million to prorate over the final two months of the season for Trevor Bauer. I assume if he doesn't pitch in the majors, he'll be in Japan. That's my assumption. My my biggest takeaway from this entire conversation about the pitching staff, though, is, again, just how incredible it is that this team won the World Series. Yeah. Because I can't recall a team that has and, – and this is not a slight. This is just how impressive it was, was that they did. They hit on Evaldi, right? But if you look at from farm system – through free agent acquisitions, I can't recall a Major League Baseball team missing on as high a rate of all of their pitching decisions as Texas and still winning a World Series. That's just incredible to me. Then they adjusted something to an MLB rule yesterday? Yeah, so there's an obstruction rule around the bases, and they intend to strictly enforce this obstruction rule. Um, Now, they're going to hold a video conference. They did that yesterday. 
So, like, if you're a fielder, second baseman, third baseman, or you're playing, you know, or shortstops too would, would, would fall into this too. If you're not in possession of the ball and you're not in the act of fielding the ball, you can't impede the progress of any runner. And they're focusing on, like, the latter part of that rule as it, they're viewing this as, like, the, they're calling it basically the Josh Donaldson, Ozzy Albee rule, right? There are some of the infielders whose names come up when it comes to blocking the base. They've already said you can't block home plate, and now they're doing the same thing with the other positions. This used to be policed by the players, right? You 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 uh, you, you you get the ball, you're ready to make a tag, you throw your knee down to stop the guy from sliding in. Well, it used to be you just go spikes up, take the you know, and just just cut their leg. That's not really a part of the game as much anymore as it used to be. So it's a little bit different from that standpoint. Well, now they're trying to outlaw this rule, and they are going to make it a more of a diligent enforcement of the rule. Speaking of the Rangers on your home of the World Series champs, let's hook you up with tickets to their unofficial music. That's right, Tolo's caller number 10 right now at 877-881-1053 wins a pair of tickets to see Creed, Three Doors Down, and much more at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth on November 13th. Get tickets and information now at LiveNation.com. That's caller number 10 at 877-881-1053. It is Thursday. It's the Expressway. We are commercial-free here on Sean RJ. Here is Roberto Bobby Bell with All Local, baby, your neighborhood watch. We need to take people out of their bubbles and their safe place and make them think about the world we live in. You are fake news. So what do you guys hear? What's the scuttlebutt? That's right. This is our local community segment. And if you're in the community and you're around my car, stay out of my way. (laughs) Because I can't alert you right now that there's a problem. Because Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday, yeah, I had honked my horn. And I did like a half honk. It was weird. I like hit it kind of hard. And uh, didn't think anything of it. Got home, parked the car, tried to hit the uh, the little alarm, the lock, and I noticed it didn't beep. And I was like, "What the? Hell? What Which the car on? is this on? This is the Altima. This is the car, not the not the SUV." So I went back in the car. Your truck was open yesterday. Uh, no, it's it's pushed open from getting rammed in the back. I still haven't gotten it fixed. Um, but so I, I popped the thing. I turned on the car. Tried to honk the horn. Did you shower nothing. after? Uh, I did. Yeah, I, I shower after every pop. So I, I was I was sitting there and I was I was hitting the horn. And nothing was happening. And I was like, well, crap, that's a little inconvenient, but it won't cause a problem. And this caused me to ask, how often do you guys honk your horn? Because I thought it was once. This is a great, great question. If you asked me, I would have said, I don't know, once or twice a week is, is what I would have guessed. I have gone to hit that 10 times in the last two days and realized, oh, this is this is not good. I, I can't get this thing to go. And like, I mean, just whether it be people coming into my lane and like, hey, be aware I'm sitting here or just me obnoxiously wanting to lay on the horn and like be rude to somebody who cut yeah. me off. I can't do that right now. And I realized I honk a lot. Dude, one to two times a week. You're an over honker. You're an over honker. That is that is yeah. I mean, I might I might do once or twice a month, maybe. Now, I know you all said drive like a grandma. I uh, have better insurance and no tickets. I uh, thought it was that. one to two a week. It's actually like ten to fifteen. So you've, ha- you've 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 burnt out your horn. I've literally gone to hit yeah. it and and not done. And, you, and you, you give zero seconds at a light for somebody to move. No, now, no, yeah, no. That, that's most of my honkiness. Like the little yeah, the little reminder. Oh, reminder. Hell, reminder hell, honk. No, hell no. Mine is a press and hold for a good four seconds. Yeah, that's what you do when somebody cuts you off. Yes, yeah. you hold it. Yeah. 
So but someone's I, cutting you off once a, once or twice a week. All right, you you just witnessed RJ driving in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Your aggression, lack of patience, compared to him. Because um, it sounds like you're more aggressive and you complain. Have I, and I'm just sitting here thinking, have I driven you guys yet? No, I don't, I think, don't I, think I would ever do that. I, I, no, I'm a really good driver. But so Rain Man said the same thing. Uh, right. Yeah, and I mean I, I'm I'm very similar like like to him. Um, now I think that <laughs> I yeah I'm probably more aggressive. I mean I, I definitely drive faster than RJ. You do. Yeah. I, I don't know that I I don't know if he I'm drives as, pretty fast. He no I know but I'm going ninety every morning coming in here. So I like so much. So I, yeah. so well then look we should race sometime. That's what I take from this. No I uh, and I, I will be too when the station moves forty five minutes away. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I I don't think I take city streets as aggressively as RJ. RJ's cuts in traffic are a little more aggressive than mine. Okay. But uh, he was also a little reserved this past week because we we're driving a boat. And I think he was still adjusting to that, and he did not drive as aggressively as he normally does. But it makes me want to wonder what the truckwreck.com fan text says to say. How often do you think you honk your horn a week? 877-881-1053. Because I've realized I do it probably 10 to 15 times. 10? I've gone to hit wow, it, no joke, 10 crazy. times so far in two days. I definitely drive slower in other cities that I don't know. Yes, I do uh, that as well. I, I, absolutely. Uh, but, that, you know, I, I don't honk my horn that much. Um, at all, or maybe you think you don't, because I didn't think I did, and then I realized how often. Hey, pay? No, maybe twice. I, I forget what my horn sounds like. I barely, you know, tap it. it it's twice two, a week, twice, twice a month at yeah. least. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's no, never. Do. I would never drive with you. Nine four zero. I haven't honked my horn since owning my car. Y'all need to meditate or something. No way. There's, I think there's just people don't have an awareness no, of it. It's, it's unconscious. You hit it. No, I think you don't it's, realize you're it. really aware of it. Yeah, yeah, like twice like, a year says the nine seven two. Maybe five times a year says the nine four zero. It sounds like you're a bad driver. Okay, this is it. This is it. I'm I'm driving in Oxnard. I'm no, the driver in Oxnard. No, uh, yes, I am. I'm going to show you guys. Never with RJ is around. I'll never let you drive me around. You guys, you guys are already terrified of 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 the gang gas stations or whatever. Imagine when I start honking at those people. <laughs> you guys are going to be terrified at three o'clock in the morning. I'm a good driver. You need to at least give me a shot. You got to give me one shot, Sean. When we're out of town. I don't know, man. I don't know about that. I don't think RJ could give up the power, the control. Bassett calls me a control freak at the station on the radio. I don't think RJ could sit in the passenger seat. I have no personality. He's already picking his nails thinking about it. I have no personality in the passenger seat. I don't do my hands. Yeah, you know, uh, you, can't know do that. you know, it's proof he won't give it up. Last year when we were in Phoenix for Super Bowl, we weren't going to get a car, but I was like, let's just get a car. I'll go ahead and pay for it. And Choppy's like, okay, I'll rent it. And so rented it. We used my card, whatever else. Then Choppy still drove the whole week. Yeah. He wouldn't even let me drive it's it. my name. What do you want from me? Yeah, I, I, I follow the rules of the rental company, of the agreement. I'm not paying 25 bucks a day for you. So this all comes around to a recent study that came out uh, from Forbes on the worst drivers in the United States. Oh. And boy, we cleaned up at these awards. <laughs> That's the why Frankel and Frankel is on the radio. Absolutely. Truckwreck.com. That's why we named the fan text after him. Uh, so the... Six of the top 25 spots are Texas cities. Wow. Six of the top 25. In the country. Yes, in the country. The highest ranked is Dallas at number six. Meaning worst. Yeah, yeah, meaning the worst. Now, the drivers that are, or the cities that are ahead of them, Kansas City, number five, Tucson, four, Detroit, number three, Memphis, two, and then this just feels random to me. Albuquerque, New Mexico is the city with the worst drivers in the country, according to Forbes. Meth. Why do you think? (laughs) Spell it. M-E-T-H? No, Albuquerque. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, 
A L B U Q U E R Q U E. Not looking at he's it. Li- literally, his eyes are looking down at nope. the list. Don't know what you're talking about. All right, so why do? Which, by the way, we all agree with. But why is Dallas Fort Worth such a bad driving city? Why are we so bad? And is it just taking into account like cold, rain, ice, sleet? I, I, I don't. Think, why? Why are we so bad? I don't know that it's any of that. I think that it's our city has grown so much faster than the roads we're able to keep up with. These roads weren't built for. That's what Bassick says all the time. These weren't roads weren't built for ten million people. And that the Mazda win the title. That's the Mazda. <laughs> but yeah, like like they just they just redid thirty five in Fort Worth, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't widen it. Dude, they, they they completely redid the road. They didn't make any more lanes. Dude, you my, still have two or three lanes in the on, uh, and then you have the express lanes. My hey. father-in-law like tried to scare my parents and my mother-in-law like, "Oh, your new house, you're going 30 and then you're going 80." And I'm like kicking them under the table like, "Shut up. Stop saying anything. I'll take 30 and 8 except for the past 2 days. I don't know what the hell's been happening on 30." So I I hate driving at 2 p.m. or after the show. I'll take 30 and 80 any day over 635. Over some of these other highways, no, thank you. So, and that's a that's a, a good every one. highway has their nightmare yeah, story. Yeah, everyone what? does. But like, man, I I much prefer highways over side streets. I mean, who does? Like, but I think that's mm. you know, like uh, I I didn't grow up around highway. There wasn't a highway for twenty miles from where I grew up. Maybe it's because I grew up along six thirty five, and that's where I learned to drive. Basically, that I don't have the same sort of disdain for it that everybody else does. I think thirty five is much worse drivers than six thirty five. I assume they're all the same drivers. What's your theory as to why we're such a bad driving city? So the prevailing theory on the truckwreck.com fan text is that it's transplant drivers. That they think that it's people who come here. Couldn't be a Texan that's a bad driver. They they don't know how to assimilate, and this is on them. I I find this uh, interesting. Dallas drivers are entitled. That, though, from Uh. an area code that is 832, which is Houston. And Houston, to me, has much worse drivers than Dallas. At the very least, it's close. And yet, on this list, Dallas is sixth, and Houston is twenty-third. There's much no have you way driven in big. Houston to know a lot. I have family in Houston, so I drive. I would drive down there yearly, and then drive around the city for a week. There's a ton of trucks on the road. Like that doesn't help. We yeah. a ton of trucks, trucks in every city. Yeah, I know, but like we are such a major hub. Mm. You know, like there's a ton of trucks. I uh I don't know. It just, it, so basically, we're bad drivers because we have more business, yeah. more transplants, more people. More, more people. And it's not it's it's not it's not those that are born and bred. I mean, essentially, I think that's a good reason for it. Honestly, it's I I can't. It just I, doesn't make any. I sense. I think it's just the busyness of of everything around and like the the now one of the common criticisms I've heard about DFW from people who are out of town and I I grew up here. This is basically well, what I know. I've seen a little bit traveling around, though, is that I consistently hear from people, even people who live in Texas and then come up here, that Dallas is so massive. Like, the Metroplex is so massive where they're like, it's not just a city with some suburbs. It's like 15 major cities around each other. And so because of that, I think it's just you have this wide swath of busy city centers that are causing just aggressive driving all the time. Do you feel like Dallas driving is different from Fort Worth? Fort Worth is ranked number nine here, by the way, is the ninth worst drivers in the country. Um, I'll tell you what I see more in Fort Worth. Is by the I way, s- what are they ranking this off of? Accident rates? Accident rates, tickets? drunk drivers, things like that. I see a lot more like, um, there's more duallys out in Fort Worth. They're a lot more like commercial trucks and vehicles out, it seems like, out there. Because you're, you're closer to like, 
the classic Fort Worth, I'll, a little bit further west. I'll tell I see you a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know. If there's a big difference in them. I think. I think driving into I can't remember what it is thirty getting thirty five W into downtown Fort Worth is a much dicier drive into me than getting into Dallas. Getting into Dallas is a lot easier and accessible. I think some of the like six lanes of traffic you got to cross to hit an exit to get to downtown yeah. Fort Worth. That's all very sketchy. And yeah, I think- you got like you have thirty five and thirty meeting like right there, right wherever, right where all the exits are in Fort Worth. It's a, it's a really weird spot. So uh, we are doing neighborhood watch here on one hundred five through the fan. So uh, that's that's traffic accidents. By the way, real quick, how's the girlfriend as a driver? Oh, she doesn't drive. I don't let her drive. She hit a couple curbs last week. <laughs> I said, hey, you're done. I said, you're done. Curbs? Uh, Jeez. Yeah. How do you think Ryan is as a driver? Ooh, Ryan? You saw him drive in one morning, didn't you? And you he said he was fast. super aggressive. He he does. He, he drives fast. He, oh, yeah. He drove fast when he drove his. He, he drove like a he drove like a box on wheels. It was like a, it was like a, it was a. I've never seen that anybody anything fly faster on thirteen inch tires. But I think he has to because I, uh, Ryan, how far how far in is Ryan's drive? I think he's the farthest drive. He's forty five minutes. Me. He says forty five minutes. So that's significant, and it's probably an hour drive, and he just makes it in forty five minutes with the speed demon <laughs> that he is. So that's car wrecks. Let's talk once again about plane wrecks. I am getting terrified with the number of plane issues that are occurring and it hit right here locally in dfw the day after we landed from vegas there was an incident at dfw airport the faa is now investigating why an american airlines jet had trouble breaking and slid off the runway an american airlines flight from (laughs) dc into dallas slid off the runway no injuries but once again this is a landing malfunction stuff's happening in the air stuff's happening at landing stuff's happening at takeoff this is it seems like every other day we're getting a major airline malfunction story and the the calm I had started to get a little bit on airplanes recently over the last couple of years from flying on the charter and traveling more, I've, I've lost it. We've hit the reset button. I'm back to thinking every plane I'm on is going You're down. on the Cowboys charter. First world problems. This doesn't apply to you. I just You're had privileged. other traveling this that is, I did. This is flight privilege. It's not white privilege. <laughs> flight it's privilege. Flight, flight privilege. Flight privilege. Poor Bobby. You're going to fly one time. We're not going to surprise. You fly to... Uh, the Super Bowl and Oxnard. Those are your two trips. You make your poor family Indy. drive. I fly to Indy. All the way to Florida. Did you, did you drive to Indy last year? No, no? I flew. Okay. And, uh, and remember, because I wouldn't fly on the Embraer jet because I was convinced that one would crash yeah. because it's too yeah. skinny. It's too small. But Boeing's much safer these days. Uh, no, I got an Airbus, I believe, to fly out there. Yeah. That's what I was doing. It's bad, man. Like they're, they're finding that there's no bolts on these doors that, uh, that, that they had that, that flew off. By the way, good job, Love Field, with the baggage. That was fast. It was lightning fast. I've had some very good baggage experiences lately. Vegas, by the way, let me say this too. The people in Vegas that worked the Super Bowl, Atlanta was my number one in terms of how nice the locals were. Vegas is right up there or number one. Like Vegas really impressed me with the how nice all the people were. It was like, was that a Chick-fil-A or a Starbucks? Yeah. Like 24-7. Hospitality <laughs> industry. They're all in the hospitality oh, industry, man. right? It was great. Yep. They well were done. nice. And yeah, not only just like you mentioned. Uh, now, the- you guess handlers, if you idiots could, could, could man up, woman up, and do your jobs and get the guests there on time instead of destroying our clocks, all y'all should get out of there. Those of you handling Jay Glazer and everyone else, some of you take lessons from Tony Faye PR and go ahead and figure out how to get your guests there on time. You were the worst of any of the Super Bowls ever. All you PR people, I don't care if it costs us guests next year or not in New Orleans. We don't need them anyway. Uh, but the people working it in Vegas, security, 
Everyone locally, you are fantastic. Yeah, those those security hire people. The PR were, people suck. <laughs> the the hired security people, like like the the outsource group that was like running the the radio row area in the black shirts, they were all super nice and like, oh, here, uh, do you, do you need to get by? Do you need to do that? They were they were great people. Yeah. Loved all of them. Uh, th- this aircraft, apparently the one that skidded off the mm-hmm. runway, it stopped at an area of the engineered materials arresting system, which contains materials of crushed gravel that are designed to prevent runway overshoot. Yeah. So it kind of did its job, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It, it stopped things. But this is just another issue. Doors are flying off. Windows are breaking on Southwest flights. American Airlines is skidding off the runway. I no longer feel comfortable flying, RJ Choppy. I can't. I mean, I look, today, I, I can't I can't argue with you on that one. I mean, there's Mom a lot of issues soon. going on. There's a lot. What's that? Mom, I'll see you soon, drop. Oh, gosh. <laughs> there's a lot of issues going on right now. There's no doubt about it. And it's it always seems to be around the same type of plane. Last story here in Neighborhood Watch. Uh, bad bad news for Fort Worth ISD. Uh, they are going to go undergo massive layoffs. So they were already going through a bunch of budget cuts and everything else. But apparently because of lack of federal funding and other issues hitting Fort Worth ISD, uh, they announced on Monday the superintendent Angel- Angelica Ramsey said that this year due to continued projections of declining enrollment coupled with uh, legislative inaction on public school financing that they are going to have to start making more budget cuts and that includes future layoffs which are on the way they met tuesday night apparently none of this is going to include teachers but other district jobs are going to be going away what i find interesting though is why is there declining enrollment if like north texas keeps growing is yeah, that people is that be? people getting out of public schools is that what that is i mean it could be like it just just let's take fort worth for example i mean it could be it's more older people have moved moved in or people that were already living there. Their kids are out of school. Or charter schools, private yeah, schools. Different I, I think a, a strong theory here is, you know, with my, uh, you know, area prominence since joining the morning show and being a really shining <laughs> example of homeschooling, I think a lot of people in Fort Worth probably hear that. Because I know we're big in Fort Worth. And, and I think a lot of people in the 817 listen to that and go, I want my kid to be like Bobby. <laughs> How do I achieve that? Is homeschooling the way I do it? Well, that's Jimmy and Plano. Plano schools uh, are, are exploding. It's the Fort Worth ISD that's saying, hey, this Bobby Belt guy, he's got something right here. I think we should embrace this. That's so, good. That's your neighborhood watch. Very good ending with that. Expressway commercial free here with Sean, RJ, and Roberto. We got Peyton and Rai Rai in the back. We got some breaking news. An NBA player has been arrested. After what happened last night and the Mavs continue to leak more Grant Williams stuff to smear their former player. Will we bring you uh, the NBA arrest that took place and the Mavs get another win next on the fam.